the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. What happens when we really indulge in the sinful nature that we all possess? We lose any kind of spiritual vision. Our spiritual uh, inclinations will be blurred, will be incompatible with the things that God is saying true. Spirituality cannot be mixed with carnality. One will take over the other. And that's why we are commanded to walk in the Spirit so that we do not indulge the sinful nature. Why are we commanded to do that? And why is that so important? Because when we descend into dishonor, it's not only our name that is at stake, it is God's honor most of all. Indulging in the sinful nature and our appetites will lead to the disappearance of our appetite for God. Prayer becomes a task. Worship becomes nothing more than an emotional experience. Church becomes nothing more than a religious exercise. And all of our spirituality have no honor at all. I hope you didn't come today. I hope you're not watching uh, the streaming of this service because at some point in your life, you just want to get inspired. We have come here to honor the name of God. That's the number one purpose of being here today. This is not a religious exercise. This is engaging with Almighty God. Engaging with the creator of the universe. This is why we're here this morning. This is not about an emotional experience. Because God is looking at every person's heart. And he bases everything on the basis of honor. He judges everything on the basis of honor. Look at what Peter says. First Peter 4, 7. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. What does that mean? It means God is looking at the condition of our heart when we pray. It's important to God that we are living honorable lives. Amen. When we pray, well, pastor, I thought faith is the most important thing about prayer. Not at all. All right? Everybody has faith. But not everybody is honorable. I think God looks at the honor of a person's heart. And that's really what matters. Faith only matters when there's honor in our lives. Now, this honor begins with an invitation 
then it moves to indulgence, and ultimately it will lead to idolatry. And that's what happened here with the nation. Look at verse 3. So Israel not only fellowship with the Moabite women in defiance of God's law, not only did they offer sacrifices to the false gods, but look at what happened in verse 3. So Israel yoked themselves to the Baal of Peor, and the Lord's anger burned against them. It started with an invitation, and then an indulgence, and they ended up yoking themselves. They got hooked. They got absorbed into the idolatry of the people of that region. What is idolatry? Idolatry is simply a transfer of loyalty, a transfer of allegiance, a transfer of respect, a transfer of affection. When someone says, I used to love you, but now I love this one. That's idolatry. All right? A transfer of affection. The word Baal means, guess what? Owner. That's what the word means. Like a slave being owned by a master. In this case, Israel was a nation that was redeemed by God so that they could be his people and he could be their God. But instead, the generation that left Egypt after 40 years in the desert really never gave God the honor of full ownership of their lives. They never did, except for Caleb and Joshua. And the anger of the Lord burned against the nation. Why? Because the greatest honor we can ever give to God is to give Him full ownership of our lives. Amen? I mean, that's how it works. You cannot accept Jesus at 50% off. Oh, Jesus is on sale. He's 50% off. No such thing. It's terrible. But sometimes that's, that we, we can get caught into that kind of thing. You know, one foot in the world and one foot inside the church. That happens. Now, by the way, I'm not pointing at you. That happened to me. Happens to me. That happens to everybody, by the way, okay? Now, this, this, this sermon is not as bleak as you think, and you'll find out soon enough, all right? But we got to come to... To, to face the facts that we are guilty of this, folks. All right? We do not give God full ownership. So let me ask you a question. It's Communion Sunday. Are there any parts of our life we're not willing to give ownership to God? If this is making you uncomfortable, that's a good thing because it means God is exposing honor in our lives. Don't reject what God is saying in His Word this morning. It's better to come to the light with your issues than to receive God's judgment because God will judge on the basis of honor. It's an honor system judgment. It is. Look at the next verse. Look at what happened. The Lord said to Moses, this is after they dishonored God so much and sinned against and rebelled against God so much. The Lord said to Moses, this is the word from the Lord, take all the leaders of these people, kill them, and expose them in broad daylight before the Lord. There's a reason why they want, God wants it done in broad daylight. He's exposing something, right? So that the Lord's fierce anger may turn away from Israel. 
So Moses said to Israel's judges, Each of you must put to death those of your people who have yoked themselves to the Baal of Peor. The spiritual application of this verse in the story is pretty obvious. When we descend so much in dishonor that we have committed adultery, we are candidates for God's judgment. We cannot escape it. That's just a fact. Okay? Because God judges on the basis of His honor alone. There's really not a whole lot of options for people. Okay? Because God will judge on the basis of His honor. Even, even to the people of God. You know, when I preach, I don't assume that everybody who calls themselves Christians understand uh, what Christianity is. So if I seem to be applying this message to both non-believers and believers, it's by design. We all got to hear this. All right? There's really not a whole lot of options if you're a Christian but to honor God. As followers of Jesus, we carry with us the honor of the name of Jesus. How do we give honor to God? By being honorable. Having a deep sense of respect for the life we have been given. And then offer up that life in honor of God. You know what Romans 12 says? Romans 12, 1. I urge you, therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer yourselves, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable and pleasing to God. This is your reasonable act of worship. Now, so how do we become honorable? And that's the big question. If you have lost your honor, how do you get it back? If you have never honored God, where do you begin? Now, here's the good news. Jesus came to restore our honor. He did this through what? By humbling himself. He took on the role of a servant, even dying on the cross, as Philippians chapter 2 declares. And God gave him a name that is above every name. And at that name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory and honor of God. How do we get honor? We don't. We get to be given honor. It has been accomplished for us through Jesus. And this is how it happens. It's also based on this story. By the way, this story, Jesus is all over this story, okay? You'll discover soon enough that Jesus is all over the, the Old Testament as well as He is in the New Testament. Some people think, well, you know, you don't preach from the Old Testament because the Old Testament doesn't speak about Jesus. You're wrong. The Old Testament from Genesis to Malachi and the New Testament from Matthew to Revelation, they all speak about Jesus. And nothing is different here. And as you, you read the, the remainder of the passage, you will see Jesus come out of this story. And it's an amazing thing. Okay, the way back to honor. Three traits, three progressive traits that leads to honor. Obviously, number one, it begins with conviction. 
It starts with conviction. Look at verse 6 in our text. Because of their rebellion, the Lord sent a plague and killed many of them. And God ordered the exposure and execution of those who engage in idolatry. And the people heard the message. And what did they do? They began to repent and started weeping before God. Conviction came when they realized that God is going to pour his judgment. And has already poured his judgment. Everybody started crying before God. Why? Because conviction came to the whole assembly. But not everyone was convinced. Okay? In the middle of all of that weeping, look at verse 6. In the middle of them repenting and crying before God because they're receiving judgment, right? Look at verse 6. Then an Israelite man brought into the camp a Midianite woman right before the eyes of Moses and the whole assembly of Israel while they were weeping at the entrance to the tent of meeting. The guy had no clue. He didn't get that conviction. He didn't get convicted. And he walked in there in full defiance of God's order. The audacity of this man to walk into the middle of the crowd with a woman in full defiance of the conviction that's taking place. How can someone be so numb? How can a man... So ignore what God is doing, what God is, is, is executing in the lives of people. That's the blinding effect of rebellion against God. You continue to rebel against God, your heart gets, you know, hardened a little bit more and a little bit more until your vision for God is completely blurred. It will turn into blindness and pretty soon you're no longer seeing or hearing any semblance of what God is trying to do and say. The more we indulge in rebellion, in dishonor, the blurrier the vision for, for truth becomes. Pretty soon, what's immoral will be accepted as moral. What's clearly a violation of God's law now becomes an acceptable norm. Forgive me, but I have to say this. I'm a preacher. Look at our society today. It's descending so much into dishonor and rebellion against God that the sacredness of marriage is out the door. I don't know if you've noticed that. But now marriage is no longer sacred. You can pretty much marry anything and anyone you want in our world today. Now, people are no longer satisfied with just the regular abortion. But infanticide is now being considered as an option. Infanticide means you wait until the baby comes out and you can decide whether that baby lives or dies. Oh, that's not, I'm, not, I'm not making this up. Now, what about this gender liquidity thing? Gender fluidity. That a person has the right to determine his or her gender anytime he or she pleases. I can be a man today, but decide this afternoon that I want to be a woman. Where or how far do we need to go before we escape the judgment of God? 
Let me tell you something. Any nation without a conviction of God's laws and who continues to dishonor God will inevitably be dishonored by God and God will judge on an honor system. The good news is that Jesus' death on the cross is a declaration that that judgment that we are supposed to receive because of our rebellion has now been placed on Jesus. Instead of punishing us, he punished Jesus so that whoever responds to the conviction of sin can now be redeemed and not be destroyed. That's the good news. Because if we continue on and stay ignoring what God is saying, what God, the Holy Spirit is convicting the world is today, pretty soon there will be no more chance at redemption. We can so blind ourselves Remember, every person has been offered the gift of salvation. The gift of salvation is offered to everybody. But you and I must have the faith to receive it. The good news is we can access God through faith in Jesus and escape the honor-based judgment that is about to come. There will be two judgments that's coming. Two of them. Now, I'm going to elaborate because I need to close. There are two judgments. The first judgment is called the judgment seat of Christ. That's a judgment when God is going to honor those who put their faith in him. That's the judgment that every follower of Jesus who forsook the world, listened to the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and trusted Jesus, that's the judgment where God is going to honor every person that did that. Praise God. I plan to be on that judgment. All right? So should you. But there's another judgment. It's called the white throne judgment. And that judgment is when God is going to judge people according to his honor. You got to see the difference. Loved ones, look at me. You do not want to be on the white throne judgment of God. It, is, will, it will come because God will honor, will judge on the basis of honor. Honor starts with conviction. Then it leads to, number two, courage. Once you are convicted by the Holy Spirit, you will be given courage. Now look at verses uh, 7 and 9 in our text. This man entered the assembly with a woman, Midianite woman, a pagan obviously, and defied the law of God in front of people who are weeping. Now, Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron the priest, saw this. He left the assembly took a spear in his hand and followed the Israelite into the tent. He drove the spear into both of them, right through the Israelite man into the woman's stomach. Then the plague against Israel was stopped. But those who died in the plague numbered 24,000. Phineas realizes that the root cause of what's causing the curse uh, plaguing Israel, that it was the rebellion and the dishonor of God, he had the courage to expose it And destroy it. And it was explicitly, graphically illustrated here. Now listen, loved ones. There are things in our life that will not go away without violent spiritual warfare. Let's not be soft. 
on ungodliness. Let's have the courage like Phinehas did to see what the real problem is and confront it by the power of God. Let's not be soft on ungodliness. Let's not come to church for spiritual therapy. Amen? Let's not come to church to get a spiritual high, which many of us tend to do. Let's come ready to wage war against the forces that blurs our vision of God's glory. That's why we come. Phinehas was a picture of Jesus who delivered the dagger that put to death the power of sin in our life. When was the last time we wept before God because His name is being dishonored? When was the last time we cried because we saw dishonor ourselves that affected our relationship with God? Listen, forgive me again for saying this, but if our church ever becomes nothing more than a therapeutic, inspiring, politically safe havens, then it's a waste of time. We don't care about anybody's politics in the church. We don't care whether a person is this party or that party. We never care about that. Uh, we, 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 we do deeply care about what people feel and, and how they're suffering and, and all of those things. We do deeply care and we try to encourage and minister to people as a church when they come asking uh, to be encouraged and helped and all of that. We are geared and prepared as a ministry to deal with that. But make no mistake about it. We come to church for the sole purpose of honoring God and God alone. God is not present in the church because we had a good time. God is not present because we heard good music and meaningful sermons. No, God is present when His name is honored by people whose lives honors Him. Why do you think we needed to be saved? Is it just because when we die, we're going to go to heaven? No, we are saved to live lives that are honorable to God. That's part of our salvation. We are saved for good works, the Bible says. Conviction leads to courage, which, which leads to God's covenant. That's the final point. Look at verses 10 to 13. And as I read this, I want you to underline some things. Because when you underline them, you're going to see Jesus very clearly in these last few verses. Okay? So you underline them. Verse, beginning with verse 10 to 13. The Lord said to Moses, Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, has turned my anger away. Underline that has turned my anger away from the Israelites since he was as, underline this, as zealous for my honor among them as I am. Underline that. I did not put an end to them in my zeal. That means God didn't destroy Israel. He was getting ready to do it, but he didn't because Eleazar, I mean, Phinehas, son of Eleazar, had the courage and the conviction. Therefore, tell him, and I want you to underline this, I am making my covenant of peace with him. He and his descendants will have a covenant of lasting priesthood. And then underline this one, because he was zealous for the honor of his God. And underline this, he made atonement for the Israelites. That's a picture of Jesus right there. Phineas described everything 
that Jesus has accomplished for us. And I praise God because He is a God who is true to His Word. He promises forgiveness. He promises renewal for those who call on His name in humility and move them back to a place of honor. Communion is not just about getting our sins forgiven. It's also about turning away the anger of God. I want to let you know, loved ones, and I want you to hear me, that you and I can never, ever be too far away from God that His grace and mercy cannot reach us. All because of what Jesus has done. Not because of what you've done, not because of what I've done, not because of what we think we have accomplished, but because of what Jesus has accomplished. He is the covenant-making God who promises life to those who are dead. There's no greater honor in the sight of God than the honor we give His name by honoring Him with our lives. Honor begets honor. The Lord made a covenant of peace and gladness through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The one who truly honored God so that we can honor God ourselves. He promises to honor His covenant, renew His commitment, heal our broken hearts, and restore our joy. All of these are based on the honor of His name. There's no greater honor to God than to have the same honor that God has for Himself. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Lapson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. As a listener-supported ministry, they are grateful for your tax-deductible donations at livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 1030 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com.